what I think we need to do as a society that's dating is that when you meet someone for the first time, you're probably not actually getting the full them because we're all nervous. We all kind of turn it into an interview and we're not always putting forth our best foot. So I think that if you can give someone a shot to go out for another coffee or a drink, then you might actually open up that option of, of meeting someone who, who you would actually connect with. Welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm, I'm Jared. Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Leanna. Yeah, and this is Hello and Goodbye. Yes. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're new, welcome to the show. Um, we have been getting some new, really nice reviews. So thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you for reviewing. Like, and just as a reminder, like, go to Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe download our episodes, make a review, hit the five star. Why are you looking yes. at me like that? No, I'm, I'm smiling because I'm remembering like, you know, like one of the recent reviews is like, hey, like, I feel like Jared in this way in my life too. And blah, blah, blah. like, if you want to like really melt our hearts, like tell us like something that you relate to or something yeah. like you know what i'm saying i yeah, was like absolutely. oh that made me feel so good yeah no you guys yeah. it really just makes our day when we read those reviews um for sure. so yeah like that's just something super small that you guys can do for us and the more the ratings and reviews go up the more our podcast is gonna get seen and more will grow so, yes and yeah. the other thing you can do is you can go to patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast yes and become a patron, right? And so what that means is you subscribe a certain amount of money each month. And so basically for folks who don't know, it costs money to produce the shows, to make the sound nice, to host them on web space and all this stuff. And so um, Leanna actually goes into debt every month um, just to put the show out. And so this is a small way that you can pledge three bucks a month is kind of like the default recommended thing if you can afford more and you appreciate the show and you find like you get something from it and it for your life and you see value in it then pledge more right if you can't afford three bucks a month pledge one buck a month yeah you know totally. i mean you know so, so you can sort of edit it we, you know, by being a patron, you're just supporting the show. We love and appreciate it so much because we love doing the show. We want to keep doing it. Um, but it's not only time, but it's actually sort of money out of Leanna's pocket. And so um, please do that. And uh, we also will try to have some cool content up there from time yeah. to time. Um, there's already some cool, interesting, vulnerable stuff up there. Um, but yeah. So thanks, Jared. Yeah, how did I do? <laughs> how did I do? I just took the steering wheel on that. I was great. You can do that every week. Okay. I appreciate it. No, yeah, no, I um everything Jared said is true. Like we um we just thank you guys so much for any support that you can offer to the show. Um, shout out to like some of our new supporters. Sarah is a new patron. Um, patron. Thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Taylor, Allison. Uh, I can't remember any others, but yeah. we Thank just, you yeah, for being patrons. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Not patrons. 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 Oh, and by the way, um, you know, the reason we did the Patreon is because we want to get away from doing sponsored ads on the show, but we still have our sponsors that we talked about for so long. So if you want to uh, support us through that, just go to the website. Yeah, All Mother's Day is coming up. Yeah. We've got some cool stuff. You yeah, can get mom a totally. tushy or an Oh My G vibrator. Or a suppository. Uh, or a, su <laughs> a vaginal, su suppository. vaginal health uh, product. So, so anyway, you can find all of that, including the Patreon link on our website, www.hellongoodbyepodcast.com. And before we get into our intro, just a shout out to our amazing guest on the show today, Jade Bianca from Dating After Divorce. Yes. Such a cool, just like light, fun conversation. Yes. Like knows her stuff. Like we've had matchmakers before, but I felt like every time I've asked matchmakers before, like, hey, how do you like help people and coach them to be better daters? Like the people that are paying you like on top of just mm -hmm. like feeding them people to date. Yes. She had the best answer. Yeah, she does it all. Yes. I don't know how she does. I don't know how she manages her life, but she's amazing. Yeah, she's got a whole empire yeah. going. So, yeah. So we're going to talk about our recent trip yep. and the triathlon, and then we'll get you guys to the the uh, the main episode. Yeah, if you're just here for Jade, skip forward like 10 minutes. Yeah, although this is going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you might not want to miss this. Because this is wild. Yeah, anyway. Okay. So if you're new to tuning in or it's been a little bit, um, Jared and I got in my Subaru yep. and took a five hour road trip to St. George, Utah mm -hmm. for Jared's half Ironman triathlon. That's uh, correct. Yes. My first one ever. His first one ever. And probably only. And if you don't know what a half Ironman is, it's 1.2 miles swim. swim. Yep. A 56 mile bike ride and a half marathon. So a 13.1 mile run. Which is wild. All, all back to back. Back so, to back. Yes. And the thing that we found out about St. George is it's very hilly. Yes. So I, we heard like, and some other like kind of professional athletes that did it. Like this was the hardest half Ironman out there. Yes, it's, yeah, like one of the toughest in the country, if not the toughest. Okay, so how about let's just kind of like walk them through like, okay, so first of all, so the road trip there was super easy. Yeah, it flew by. Flew by. I drove half of it, you drove the other half. We were chit-chatting, we listened to a little bit of a book on tape. Which book did we listen to? The, it's called Educated. Oh, yeah. It's a memoir of this yeah. woman who was raised by these like pretty crazy survivalists and like didn't go to school and like they were like they thought the government was out to get them really uh poignant for like today because i feel like there's more people mm -hmm. like that than ever who are like yeah. doomsday prepping didn't you say someone told you to like doomsday prep oh yeah i went to a uh i won't say yeah you don't have to like I, but i went to details. like an appointment and this person that was um, delivering a professional delivering service a to professional you. Professional service to me told me that I need to start uh, saving up food and water because pretty much those things won't be available to us. And it's like, wild. Yeah. Anyway, so that book was about those people, but we listened to some music. We had some laughs. Yeah, it was we good. ate some snacks. We ate yeah. some uh, lots of snacks. Mm -hmm. um, we I think I feel like we. I was like a little worried that maybe we'd run out of conversation or like we'd just annoy each other. Or, but I don't 
feel like we did. That didn't happen until the way back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we get to Utah. Yep. And we got to our hotel room. And I don't know, we, we just didn't really, like, you had to go... We're not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So I was really nervous because the whole time, like I've been training for this thing for months. It's a seven hour ordeal. Like your body, you're trying to do everything possible to have your body in fucking peak condition. Like seven hours in terms of the race that you did was seven hours long. Yes. I was swimming, biking and running for seven hours. Seven hours, people. Yeah. And so in 90 degree heat, by the way, up and down. Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, um, but you're trying to do everything possible to have your body in the absolute peak condition possible. And you don't want any surprises during the race, right? So I, I like packed all of my food and all of the snacks because I wasn't going to like go out to a restaurant and then have something that like really didn't agree with me the next morning when I'm like trying to do this whole thing. And so... I was like, I was like worried that I was going to be like nervous and anxious and too kind of anal and uptight and like, um, but everything worked out great. Like I, I brought my food with me. I snacked. You went and got some food for yourself. Yep. Like while I was doing some race yep. check I was stuff. downtown. I yep. found a little consignment store, got some cute new secondhand shoes and I had like a really yummy salad. And then when you were done with that, mm-hmm. I made you take me to Target because... While I packed three outfits to work out in and and didn't work out once. There you go. I was like, it worked out how many times? Zero. It was great. Three full workout outfits. Three full, like leggings, sports bra, and top. Three full workouts. Which, by the way, when I travel, if I'm going away for like a conference for work or something and it's three days long and I know I'm going to work out two or three times... I'll bring like one pair of shorts and like two shirts. Well, it's different for women because leggings and sweat. You like sweat up the leggings a lot? Uh, just like vaginal stuff. You're not wearing underwear? No, I don't wear underwear with my leggings. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Are women walking around in leggings without underwear? Is that a thing? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Now Does I, that change your whole Now I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> Okay, I mean, okay. I'm sure I'm sure some women wear underwear. Sure. Like like a G-string thong or something like that, mm-hmm. so it doesn't show through. But like, I mean... I guess you would see panty line and leggings. That's exactly. The thing. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure some women do panty lines. I don't want panty lines, and I don't really... I'm not super, like, I, when I work out, I'm not going to want to wear, like, a G-string. Yes, you wouldn't so, want to work out of that. Yeah. So, yeah, it just it's just more comfortable. Just, like, no... Okay. Yeah. Anyway, let's change the subject. Yeah. So I will say that's actually one of the things I didn't really realize it until just now, but I think that was like one of the things, it's like one of the things I appreciated the most about your flexibility and approach on the trip was like your ability to be independent. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm like that. Like if I'm dating someone and we go to a wedding together or we go travel and she has something to do, I'm like, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. I'll read my book by the pool. I'll walk around and find this cool thing to do. Or like at the wedding, I'm like, go ahead. You know, if you're in the wedding party or something, you got to take pictures and do all this stuff. I'm like, I'll chit chat to people. Like, yeah. I'm good. And you're very much like that too, mm-hmm. which is like, like really like aces to, to in, in, in a travel partner. <laughs> well, we talked about 
about this on last week's episode. You were like, I just want to warn you. Like, I'm going to be a pain in the ass. And I'm like, don't worry. Like, I'm independent. Like, I can make it yes. happen. Like, even if all if we got there and all day you were like, don't talk to me. I want to be in the hotel room. I'd be like, okay. And I'd go downtown and I'd like hit a bar or go meet yep. new people or do whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, like worked out really well. So anyway, we went to Target. I got a new bathing suit. We went back. I laid out the pool. You stayed in you did some yoga and some meditation yep, stretched out yeah, yeah and, to get my um, head right. we met a couple okay so then you i met, met i ended up meeting yeah. a couple when i was at the pool who were like super cool yep and um so i ended up so the following okay so actually i don't want to jump ahead but um you know we ended up connecting with them the next day during the race yes okay so um we go to bed Fairly early. Yeah. You turned on Braveheart. I was not interested. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, let me put something on my tablet. That's like a movie I watched a lot as a teenager. I don't know. I thought it would be inspiring to me. It kind of was. I was like, oh, God, I remember this. I haven't seen Um, that in years. We slept in separate beds. We did not sleep in the same bed. Although we've slept in the same bed before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we saw that concert in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So next day. So you had to be at the shuttle. To take you up to the swim by 5.30. Yes. So I woke up, took you down there, dropped you off. Then I went back and went to bed for three more hours. Yes. And what's cool about an Ironman is like you have a tracker on you. Yep. And so I was able to download this app and track Jared throughout the whole race, mm-hmm. which was super cool. So by the time I woke up, you had already finished your swim mm-hmm. and you were getting, you were transitioning to your bike. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. that was probably, because, yeah, you have to get there at, like, I had to get on this bus at, like, 5.30, and the race doesn't start until 7, but, like, I didn't even get in the water until, like, 7.30. But I literally had, like, no time, because when I got there, I have to, like, check stuff on my bike and make sure I have all my stuff and my water bottles and this, that, and the other thing. And then I have to poop. You were gonna say that, which is like, well, so if you do like any kind of distance race, whether it's half marathons, marathons, or whatever, like I feel like how good your poop goes before the race is totally gonna affect it. Tells the whole story of whether it's gonna be a good race. Yeah, like that's it. But and so it's like there's like a hundred porta potties at this place, but there's three thousand one hundred people competing in this. Thirty one hundred people. Yes. And all of them are trying to poop before the race starts. <laughs> so I to, I'm like, how did, I want to know how you did you time your poop? It just like happened. Like, I'm you always I'm always like a morning pooper. Oh okay. Yeah. I I'm to, I'm like at the point where if I get up and moving too soon, it just never happens. I have to like oh, get up, have something warm to drink, and then just chill. And then my body's like, oh, okay. But if I'm like up and moving and I'm late, blah, blah, blah it just never happens. Mm. A lot of times that's the only reason I get out of bed in the morning. Because I have to poop. Really? Yeah. So you wake up and then you just poop? Otherwise I'd like sleep in. Sometimes, yeah. Wow, yeah, this is probably a poop-focused podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So, so. so t- take us a little bit through, why don't you take us through what you were feeling during the race and then I'll kind of like, Fill in, um, yeah. where, like, where I was and where you were? Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is fun. So, um, <laughs> so I was nervous, but we're in this, like, so we're in Utah, so it's, like, there's beautiful, like, red rocks kind of canyons everywhere, so it's an incredibly beautiful place, and the swim starts in this reservoir, and, of course, there's 3,100 people 
all these bikes, it's like this huge, sprawling, unbelievable mass of like this apparatus to do this race. And we swim in this reservoir, um, which was really beautiful. And so I've never done this before. And what's cool is like, you have some people who are super serious, but like most people are just like friendly. So while you're all waiting, like I end up like chit-chatting with this woman from Montana and this guy from Arizona. And they're talking about what events they've done before. And I'm like, oh, this is my first time. Do you have any advice for me? Like, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, yeah, don't be afraid to pee yourself while you're on the bike. Ah! And I, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, man. In my head, I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> not because I'm, like, squeamish about it, but because I, I feel like it would be uncomfortable. Yeah, and I'm you like, think I don't you'd just care, be sitting in yeah, your pee. I don't care enough about my time. Right, exactly, thing. exactly. Um, so I chit-chatted with two cool people, and then... They, they tell you, like, to start, you know, you get in groups to start the swim because only kind of some people go at a time because they want to spread people out because you're in open water and there's all these buoys and you got to swim around the buoys and, and it's choppy water already and whatever. And so they're like, well, how fast are you going to swim? Go with that group. And I, I didn't really know. And I sort of was like, well, I don't want to. I felt like I didn't want to go with a group that was too fast. Mm. So and actually, I think that was better because I ended up going with a group that was like too slow for me. And so the whole time on the swim, I was just passing people. Mm -hmm. And, but I was like, cause I grew up as a swimmer. So I knew that was probably like my, gonna be my strongest leg in terms of like how good I was relative to other people. Yeah, and just a shout out to Jared, you got 44th Out of 262 in my in your age group. Age yeah, yeah. 44, that's amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And I, cause I, and I was also like, but the whole time I was like, not going all out because I'm like I you just gotta pace yourself. Yeah, I just didn't want to like crash and die halfway through the <laughs> run. You know, I was like, just keep, yeah. keep some gas in the tank. Yeah. Um. So then I got out, and of course, everyone who's taking it all serious, you have to like you. They like are they run out of the water and run over to the bike area, which is like a half a mile because the thing is so huge. You have to run a half a mile to get to your bike. Yeah, it's like a long way. Yeah. Oh wow. So did you walk? Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's running by me and they're like pulling their wetsuit off as they go. And I'm just walking and like all the spec there was like spectators who were like, yeah, woo, go like to the to the people running by and I just I just go walking by. Just go <laughs> um So then I got on my bike, which is the part that I was the most nervous about, the part that I was the worst at, and uh and I was like, it took me a while to like just get comfortable and get in the zone because for the first 10 or 15 miles, I'm like, not even 10 miles in. I'm like, fuck, this sucks. Mm. I'm like, because like, actually the thing that was like my butt was really hurting mm. on my bike seat, like right oh, at the beginning. Oh, that's horrible. And I'm like, is this just going to get like worse and worse? I'm like, <laughs> this is going to fucking suck. But thankfully after like, you know, like 20 miles or something, I was just in the zone and it was fine right. and it went away. Good. Um, so yeah, but then it was like, but I was also kind of trying to go a little fast because like the sun was coming up and it was getting mm -hmm. hotter. So I was on the bike probably from like, it was about maybe three, four hours. Oh yeah, four, yeah, four hours for sure. It was like yeah. maybe eight to noon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because then I finished around. Yeah. Two. Yeah. So, so okay, so during this time, so you're yeah. on the bike. Okay, so I get up, I shower, I get dressed so cute. Uh huh. <laughs> on makeup i did my hair um because i knew there'd be really cute guys there'd be a there. lot of hot there'd be guys. a lot of hot guys it's a very by the way triathlons are a thing that uh 
rich-ish white people do. Yeah. Especially... I mean, like, I'm just, I'm not judging. Like, I, I I wish there was more diversity in the sport and I wish it was easier. You didn't have to, like, pay so much money yeah, for so much yeah, specialized equipment. I wish it was easier for more people to get right, into it. Right, But, um, and but, I wish yeah. there was more diversity in the sport. But it's also especially a thing for, like, dudes in their 30s and 40s. Yes. Who, like, have something to prove to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, a lot of hot available yes. seeming dudes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So anyway, so I went down there and I met up with the the wife of the couple that we met. Yes. And um we sat, we had snacks, we had um hard seltzer. Yeah. And I was like, by the time Jared finishes this race, I'm gonna be drunk. That was yeah. my goal. Was I was gonna be drunk. <laughs> while you're I think he did pretty good. I did really good. Yeah. Yeah, I had like four. Yeah, you were hard definitely seltzer. feeling it like I was in, feeling a, in it. a in a cute way. Yeah. When I when I saw you. <laughs> um yeah, so I just had fun. Like, okay, and it was really cute too. It was like, so my friend, she had like two pom-poms. So I would like, I'd get up and I'd be like, good job. And I'd be like waving my pom-pom like in my little skimpy little outfit. And the guys Every guy, like not every guy, but a lot of the guys, they would just look and they'd just smile like, this is nice. You're like, cool. <laughs> this is like I think, but you know what? Like, I think that helped a lot of people race better. Totally. You need a little bit of motivation. Yeah, no, they, I, I mean, you could tell it was genuinely like it lifted. The, it it's just like, was something other than what they were doing. Yeah. Is yeah. like if, if boner fuel is a term. <laughs> okay. But what was cool though is it was like the first time I saw you. So yeah. I saw you at the end of basically at the end, end of, of the bike. This bike. Yeah. And so I got a video of you guys. It was on our Instagram. I'll make sure I'll um add it to our stories. Yes, I have it on my highlights. You have it on your yeah, highlights. Yeah, you follow okay, me. So at go the real follow. Jared Rodriguez. Yeah, go yeah. follow Jared. I'll be on his highlights. Um, and then maybe I'll make like a. I think I have like a behind the scenes thing. So maybe I'll put it up oh, there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, so it was fun. It was got to. It was fun to see you. And so after you went by, we stayed in that location because then you had to transition again for the run and then go up the same hill. Yep. That you finished. Okay. So do you do you want me to keep going and then you go jump in? No, go ahead. Yeah. yeah okay. Go ahead. Okay. So okay. So we stayed there and we're just like, go runners! Like, woo woo! You guys are doing amazing! And like, go girl! Mm. And and my friend, she was like, you guys look great! And I'm like. You guys look hot. Nice. <laughs> so anyway, um, so then we got to see her husband. You know, he ran up. Yeah. He killed it. By yeah, the way. he was going much faster he, than me. He was what in his late forties and Probably. did the whole thing in six hours. Yeah. Well, he he hired he had a, a trainer, a professional coach. He hired a professional coach. He was a runner and cyclist. The swim, I think, was his. Yeah. He was worried about the swim. Yeah, and which, by the way, if you're going to be good at one part of it, the swim is the worst part to be good at. Right. Because it's the shortest. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, so he so he went by, and then Jared came up the hill wearing a crop top. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tell the story of the crop top? Yeah. So so I was like, because I, I was so nervous this whole time, and, and they make these shorts that you use for triathlons called tri-shorts that have a little bit of padding that you can swim in. They've got a little bit of padding in the butt for you to ride your bike, but not so much padding that you can't run in them. Right? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I had these tri shorts, but I was like, man, I don't know like how sweaty I'm going to be. It's going to be really hot. Is there going to be like a chafing issue? Like blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, let me bring a pair of like, you know, boxer briefs that I work out in, 
a pair of shorts, and maybe I'm not going to want to be in my biking sort of like tight jersey thing anymore. Like, and I'm like, it's going to be hot as fuck. Like, what do I want to wear? And I have this really old ratty t-shirt from a 10 mile run I used to do in Philly called the Broad Street Run. And it's got a bunch of holes in it and stuff like that. So I was like, let me just bring that. Oh, and I wear the, and I wore this silly Philly fanatic headband. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to like rep Philly. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> so I get to the bike transition and I'm like, I want to get out of these tri shorts, whatever. So I run into the porta potty, I change, and I was like, I was wearing a headband and some wristbands, and I'm like, I've got a kind of an '80s look going here. And the same way you were talking about the the guys like having their spirits lifted. Like, I was trying to do that for myself the whole time of, like, just be friendly to people, have laughs, interact with people on the side. And so I was like, I want to, like, look goofy because that'll just make me more lighthearted and people will, like, yell at me more and I'll, like, joke around with people as we're going. So I go over. As I'm pulling into the transition, I already have this idea in my mind and I say to one of the volunteers, I'm like, do you know where I could find scissors? And they were like, medical tent. It's right over there. And so then I wheel my bike in, I change, and I go running over to the medical tent. And I'm like, do you guys have scissors I could borrow? And I this was is like, in the middle of the race? This is, yeah, during transition. From bike to, to run. run. Okay, yeah. okay. That's why it took you so long. Yeah, because everyone has to pull their bike in yeah. and change in, out of their biking shoes into their running yeah. shoes and blah, blah, blah. But most people just t- toss off the biking shoes, put on the running shoes, and mm-hmm. run out like one minute later. But again, my plan to not die was take my time, time. bring my heart rate down, whatever. So I go over to the medical tent and I'm like, do you guys have any scissors? And I was like, it's for a non-medical reason. (laughs) And they were like, absolutely. Because everyone just wants to help you. Like there's so many volunteers. It was so cool. Yeah. And so I just, I cut the, I cut the bottom off the shirt so I could have my, have my midriff out. Amazing. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So again, if you want to see that. Instagram. I look really right because by the way a, you should do a post with some of the photos I will I think I'm going to do that when I get the official race oh photos too. yeah that's yeah. a good idea but because yeah. by the way everyone in this race is wearing like $150 like triathlon yeah, totally. like tank tops biking jerseys yeah. like everyone's in all spandex with the name of like the bike shop or the whatever yeah. brand and blah 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 and I'm the only one and then one. there's Jared yeah <laughs> I'm wearing like a like I look like like a, a gym rat from like the eighties, you know. <laughs> okay, so um, okay, so let's let's try and like r- yeah, yeah, wrap, wrap it up. up. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So anyway, so you go by, and then once you went by, then um, the the my new friend and I we went down towards the finish line, and we hung out there, drank some more, had some good laughs. Her husband finished, then she went to go see him. So then yep. it was just me. I made sure to see you when you got towards the end and I got you on videotape and it was like so fun to see you and that you were smiling again. Yeah, and yeah. Anyway, and then tell us how it felt to go through the finish line. I was, I, I was really happy because I had to walk some of the run, but everybody was walking because it was so hilly. So I did about a 10 minute mile pace for the run. Which is still incredible. Yeah, I was, I was okay with miles. it. Yeah, 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 I was cool with it. And then, um, uh, so I was able to finish strong, which was good. Yeah. So I was like using caffeine as like a performance enhancing drug, which everyone does in these races, um, because they have like Coke and Red Bull at the aid stations oh, during really? the run. Yeah, oh, they have like cups of it out there for people. Oh wow! So I like had a had a couple had a couple little, little Red Bull splashes. Of, no, I did. I I just went with the Coke. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, 
Uh, and it just felt really good to be done. Good. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I came in and they like, did you hear them say my name? No, I didn't get to hear them say your name. I well, wish I had been closer. Yeah, but it's fine. But like, cause they, cause I was towards the back, you know, like, because I didn't do good on the bike, but so people were really spread out. So that's I kind of crossed the finish line all by myself. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, that's not true. You weren't towards the back. There were a lot of people that finished after you. In that's fact, true. In fact, in the entire race, you finished like, what, 1,800 out of 26? Out of 31. Or It was like 10. It ended up being like 2,800 that actually. That finished. Yeah. 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 So, so I yeah. guess. So like you so were. So I was like yeah. sort of middle of the pack. Yeah. No, you did good. But yeah. And then I get a medal and a t-shirt and yeah. a hat and stuff. And yeah. it was fun. And then you talked about never doing it again. <laughs> and I was like, I never need to do this again. One and done. Absolutely. So, okay. So then I picked you up. We went back to the hotel. You rested. I went to the pool. Yep. And then we had a crazy night. Yes. It was really fun. So we went out to, I had made, I had done some research. I made reservations at what was supposed to be the nicest restaurant there. The food was really. Yeah. Yeah. Really like mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, we still had a decent dinner. We had a nice time at dinner. Yeah, if you're going to St. George, just hit me up and I'll give you recommendations of my favorite places that I really, actually just say it right now. Um, George's on the corner. Yep. Highly recommend. Um, I like the 25, uh, main cafe, but, um, actually the bear, bear paw, bear paw cafe was also we got breakfast really good. The day was yep. amazing. So other than that, I didn't really find any other places that I was like, yeah. Super excited about, but. And so, so people don't know if you're not like from near there, but in Utah, it's like hard to find bars and booze. Yeah. It's very Mormon populated. Yeah. Um, and you know, so a lot of things are closed on Sundays. Yep. Um, and a lot of Mormons don't drink. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, yeah. So there were like maybe four bars in the whole yeah. town, maybe five. Yeah. No, f probably like three official bars and yeah. then like restaurants that served alcohol. Yes. Yeah. So we were looking for a bar after dinner. Yeah. Now for folks who know the show, I, you know, kind of cut out drinking um, October, six months ago. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now like there's been two times that I've had like a beer with somebody at, you know, like, um, but so I had to be with dinner and then I was like, well, like, let's, let's have fun. Like, yeah, you deserved it. Yeah. So yeah. then we went to two bars that were weird and sketch that yep, we didn't and like. And we left. And then we found, cause we, we saw a picture on Yelp of a bar with a pool table that was in a, Yes. A and hotel. I haven't played pool since before the pandemic. By the way, just a little COVID thing here. Both Jared and I are vaccinated. Um, most of what we did was outside, yes. social distance, even though there were a lot of people in the race, it's still super spaced out. Yep. Um, we're not being stupid, even though, you know, there were people not wearing masks inside because it's Utah, it's not required. We still wore masks. Yeah, we wore, we wore masks everywhere inside. Like we, we, I made the dinner reservation for an outdoor table. Yeah, like so it's like we're stuff. not being stupid, but also like we're vaccinated, so we're living our lives now, you know? Yeah. So it's like, at this point, like if you're not going to get the vaccination, that's kind of on you. Um, so I'm just throwing that out there. It's true. It is. It well, is. And, like, and even vaccine, like, we're, we're respectful of people. literally like, anyone now. Yeah. And we're keeping our distance if people want to come closer to us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's kind absolutely. Of, okay. So anyway, so we went to this lounge that had a pool table. Yeah. And, and we met a cast of characters. Oh, we did. <laughs> so we ended up meeting a group of three people that were working at the triathlon. So they their business had to do something with they provided a service for yep. a lot athletes. of the, the athletes yep. in the triathlon. And then there was this other 
uh, eccentric character, very eccentric, who turned out to be a lead a musician. Well, yeah, a musician in a very well known band. Yeah, like very well known band. Yeah, and so it after like probably a couple hours of kind of like you and I kind of talking and playing pool and then us kind of figuring out like what was going on here and what was going on mm -hmm. here. Um, basically I ended up really befriending the three yeah. and you ended up befriending this very odd person. First of all, he was wonderful. <laughs> so there's the, there's the three people who work for this company that has to do with all the athletes. So they're like in the hip Iron Man scene. Yeah, totally. They're all like younger, like yeah, 30s -ish. yeah. And then there's the eccentric musician guy, who, by the way, was like... Super nice. Su super cool guy. It's, it's also really funny, though, because you could tell he had a thing about people... Like, knowing his stuff? Like, like not... Yeah, he had a thing about, like, not wanting people to only want to hang out with him because they know... That he and has yet money. he told everybody what. And yet he was what? dropping hints <laughs> from the very beginning. He's like, like who he was. Yeah, what he's he like, did. I just, I just want you guys to know, I'm kind of famous. I have a lot of money. I have a lot of money, <laughs> but I don't like to talk about it. It was like that kind of thing. By the way, you guys cannot hit me up and be like, who is that guy? Yeah, no one I'm Sorry, you. but we can't talk about it. And then, but then his. His like sort of business manager, the guy who manages all of his money, also happened to be in Utah at this time. And so that's who you connect. That guy with. came down, yeah. And he has a daughter in college, and we, he and I start talking, and then of course, like, I, I ended up having. I think you had three or three two beers, or three. yeah. After dinner, this yeah. was over like four hours. Yeah, or something. it was. We a were long there time. a long, we were a long time. time, just chilling, yeah. talking. I'm, to people. I'm about cool. five drinks in deep. Yeah, I'm about you five were doing drinks good. in deep. You were and doing good. Anyway, so I don't know how. It, basically, me and these three other people decided, or were invited, or invited ourselves to this guy's place. Yeah. After, like a kind of like, okay. Yeah, last, because by the way, Utah last call is at 10. Yeah, so last call was 10. Yeah. So we ended up taking a private car yeah. to this guy's place. Jared went home yeah. and I said, I don't know when I'll be home, but you know, have fun. Yeah, it was, it was actually, by the way, that was a real turning point for me. This story's going on way too I long. I know, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry, Jade. Yeah. If you're, if you're just trying, if you're still trying to find the Jade section. <laughs> it just keep going. Another five minutes. <laughs> At least. <laughs> but I will say this. One of the things that for me and drinking is that I never had to drink every day. Like I could go two weeks without drinking and be fine. But the hardest thing for me was always like as soon as I started drinking was like I just always have this thing in me that wants to go balls to the wall. Mm -hmm. And just like I'm going to get fucked up. And so you and I were like talking and we were, and I was like having so much fun. And I've had these nights before where you just got to go with you the gotta flow. You got to go with the flow. And you meet random people and like you just, you're on a magical adventure. Yeah. And I, so I didn't want to like stop that. So at one point I said to you, I'm going to take the car back to our hotel, which was like kind of like maybe a quarter to a half mile away, but like over these really kind of busy industrial streets. I was like, I'm going to take the car back to the hotel and I'll come back so that we don't have to worry about a car. And we both had masks. We can mm -hmm. Uber, put the windows down, whatever. So um, 
I leave with the car and then I'm like, oh shoot, I have to get gas because Leanna wants to take the car in the morning to go on a hike. Which never happened. Spoiler alert, <laughs> did not happen. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I stopped and got gas and I was like, oh, do I really want to go back? And like, and then I was like, there was beer in the gas station when I went inside to pay and I'm like, mm, do I want to like drink some beers back at the room? And I just was like, you know what? I don't. I'm like, this was good enough. Yeah. Like, I want to go to bed. I had had the the magical adventure that I had wanted to have. And I sort of knew where things... I knew what I was in for if I went with you yes. guys. Yeah. And I was like, I'm good without yeah. well, it. And also... I just ran a triathlon. Yes, my body was exhausted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you went home yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe that I'm getting in a car with people I don't know and we're going to this house and I have no idea what to expect. But also like... You cannot give up an opportunity like this. Absolutely. So we all squeeze in this car. The four of us in, are in the back. Yes, it wasn't the safest, but yeah. we did it. Okay. And we're we're drunk. And yeah. we're driving to this place. And we get to this place. And the driver's not drunk. He's no, this no, 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 no. The hired, driver was hired. Driver. Yeah, 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 private hire. Thank you for yeah. uh, Okay. So, anyways, we get to this house. And for two hours, the musician uh-huh. wants to play music. music and wants me to sing with him. Yeah. So he and I were singing shallow, uh-huh. perfect, yeah. um, and like basically anything else that he wanted to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, it was just like it was just a very it was it was I was like uncomfortable at times like because like it wasn't it wasn't like this really comfortable like yeah this feels great setting it was like oh okay i guess i'm singing in front of everybody with this like very famous from what we know like there's parts of the story that were like does this make sense i don't know that was kind of like the whole thing is like is this really happening yeah what parts of the story are true what parts aren't anyway so and this guy really nice guy but also like a going little bit of a mess, stuff. going through some stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and like, by the way, I say that not in a judgmental way. I'm a lot of bit of a mess. Yeah. So no, no judgment here. We're in the yes. same boat. Yes. But yeah, like just a inch, like, like a, 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 a wild card. Yes. You're Total like, wild card. What is this guy going to do? What are we in for? Yeah. Like, yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, like two hours there, then the private car guy came yep. and picked us up, took us back. I hung out a little bit more with um, some of the, you know, the people that I was with. And then I got back and probably went to bed around 2.30. Yeah. And then the next morning I woke up. And, and there's some stuff that we're, we're not going to talk about. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe like way later. No, but I will say like you didn't make any bad decisions. No, you I actually took was, care yeah, of yourself. Totally. And, yeah. yeah. And um, the next morning I woke up and I was like, Jared, you would not believe. Well, it's funny because I heard you come in. And I was awake and I woke up and I wasn't mad. I was like, I was like, should I be like, hey, how was it? (laughs) And I was like, this is going to be a whole thing. I'm like, I'll just get it in the morning. Yeah. So anyway, so then we, I did not hike. Yeah. I woke up at like seven and felt okay. Yeah. And like went downstairs and got like the shitty bagged breakfast from the hotel. The worst. Um, uh, and then came back up, and then, like, you ended up waking up, like, maybe around 9? Yeah, probably. And then I was like, you're going to hike? And you were like, nope. nope. 
Um, yeah, so basically that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, that this intro is so long, but like we just had, it was just such a fun weekend. Yeah. Can we, should we talk about really quick about how I said I'm like super easy going <laughs> traveling yes. and yes, then I'm not? To. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think I've said this before. Like I am such an easy traveler. Like I'm just like super like go with the flow. Yeah. And then Jared pointed out to me, he's like, well... You did complain about the smell in the room. You almost made us change rooms, yeah. I I, I did call to see if we could change rooms. Yeah. There was a smell! Yeah. Like, you know. And then we would go to a restaurant and I'd be like, nope, we're not staying yeah. here. We walked out of two places. <laughs> we almost had to change hotel rooms. I had to take you. Like, like I, I think the hard part for me was when... I was like so nervous about the race the night and before. And you had to take me to Target? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I drove all day. We just checked. I just checked in for the race, which was a whole stressful ordeal of like going to 20 different freaking tents. Yeah. And then I picked Leanne up and she's like, you have to take me to Target. <laughs> and then we get back to the hotel. We're going to uh, pack up all of our stuff and change rooms. Which, by the way, I had put stuff in the fridge in the room. <laughs> Like, toiletries are in the bathroom, like... Anyway, we didn't end up changing rooms because they didn't have any other ones. It's true. Um, but yeah, no, we had such a blast. It was, yeah. like, such a great time, and I'm sure we'll talk about more as it comes up later, yes. but we just, you know, thank you guys for listening, and... And I will say that one of my best friends in the world, my friend Megan, we met each other on one of those, like, magical adventure mm -hmm. nights and became best friends and i think there's a certain type of person who is like personable and fun and can talk to anyone mm -hmm. and so when megan and i connect up like we just end up having a lot of those times mm -hmm. where we're just like we met these characters or just yes. the nicest people and had dinner together yes. then whatever um and you're like that. You and I are like that, yeah. too. Like, we're a really yeah. good team. Yes. In terms of, like, just chatting with people. And we're fun. And so people are kind of, like, drawn to They're drawn to, to us. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, so yeah. Fun. And we, we didn't kill each other. Nope. The ride home was rough because you were feeling rough from being out I, I was a little nauseated. Yeah. I was a little tired. I was tired. It that We hit a lot of traffic. It was hot. Yeah. So by yeah. the time we got home, we were like ready, very ready to be home. Yeah. Yeah. We were both like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. It was really good. All right, you guys. Well, um, we'll see you after the interview, but enjoy Jade and um, yeah, yeah. That's, it. that's it. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay. So. I'm super excited to bring on our next guest. She is a dating coach and matchmaker for Dating After Divorce. Dating After Divorce was created to provide divorced men and women with effective tools, communication, and insight to find a worthwhile partner. She offers coaching, dating profile assistance, and matchmaking services. Jade is passionate about helping divorced men and women find their confidence in dating again, and she loves assisting clients domestically and abroad during their dating journey. Thank you for coming on the show, Jade Bianca. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Um, you know, being a divorced woman, um, I connected to your profile and kind of like what you're doing for your clients, which I think is so important because it definitely is. And obviously we want to hear your opinion on this, but like 
it is different for people who have been divorced um, dating again than it is for Mm -hmm. people who haven't been married. There's just something, you know, I I always feel like I connect a little bit more with guys who have also been divorced because Mm -hmm. it's that shared experience. It's almost like a, a bond that like an unexplainable bond. So anyway, but we want to get to know you. So tell us a little bit about your story and what led you to doing what you do. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on again. And I agree with the, the divorce says I've, I've always found myself more attracted to men that were divorces as well <laughs> since my divorce, <laughs> oddly enough, not trauma bonding, but I'm not going to not say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started dating after divorce, uh, kind of from personal experience through my divorce and that of like friends and family that had gone through something difficult. And I noticed that there was nothing that I was able to find that helped people transition from we to me. You know, we all talk about having healthy lives and healthy relationships, but let's be honest, not all relationships are going to last. And I felt like divorcees were kind of just like kind of kicked to the side, like, okay, you guys go figure it out now. Um, Because I got divorced. I lived abroad for a few years and I came back and I realized that the dating game had just changed completely. Um, And much of the advice that I started off with as a a coach and then a matchmaker came from the mistakes that I made as a newly single woman. (laughs) Um, So I have been there and done that. um, But I'm really happy to to work with the people I do. I think that divorcees have such a large capacity for love. And I think that the more that we can do to like chip away at the stigma that is associated with divorce, the, the better we can do for each other. I love that. Do you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about like, when did you get married? How long were you married? What was that process of obviously, like, we don't need to go into detail, but what was that process like for you of experiencing such a a heavy grief? Yeah, I would say I like to keep things a little bit private just for the respect for my ex. Um, I think that we got together very young and we were just very different. We did not grow together. It was kind of a convenience thing that we kind of let fall to the wayside. Um, So when we finally did get divorced, I realized that I was allowing things to happen that I wouldn't normally. Um, It took me a while to to realize that boundaries were something that I wasn't having. I was a yes woman and trying to accommodate everyone around me. And it was leaving me feeling drained. I was an empty bucket. I was like giving to everyone else, but I wasn't receiving anything. Um, And so that's kind of when I left and I went uh, and taught English in North Africa and Morocco. I started a nonprofit there and I started to like reclaim my my new life. So Mm. I had a very... Yeah. My friends joked around that it was my eat, pray, love moment, but you know... (laughs) I had one of those too. Did you? (laughs) Yes, of course. Was that very like, what, what was that healing? Like, what was your process of healing? And then, and then eventually getting back onto the, the dating scene. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I mean, I say this to my clients and and my free database members too. It's, It's not a linear process. And just because I was addressing some things doesn't mean that I wasn't suppressing other emotions. I think that codependency was something that personally I struggled with um, because I had been such a long, 
relationship back to back that I kind of had to relearn to be on my own, which I think a lot of my clients actually go through as well, because most people I work with were in five, 10, 15 year marriages. And they're like, okay, uh, being single is great. And it sounds fun. But like, how do I, how do I become comfortable being alone and not jumping straight into something? Mm. Yeah. And I think that speaks to like, what was going to be one of my follow up questions is like, you know, like about like you mentioned some of the mistakes you made or some of the more common mistakes. Right. And I, I, you know, so Mm -hmm. you just sort of like, uh, described one of them for us, I think of like, you know, jumping right into something that comes along because of that discomfort being alone. But are, are there any others that you would highlight? Of my personal or just ones I see in general? Either just, one. Yeah, whatever you feel comfortable. You do not have to answer yeah. any, like, any more no, I mean, I'm very, I'm, I'm transparent. I like, I, it's interesting because I'm a very private person, but coming along with, with being a matchmaker and a dating coach, like this is something, the reasons I have to be open is because people can relate to it. You know, we've all, mm-hmm. we've all been through some shit together. Um, but yeah, I think that jumping right into something I experienced, um, I think Jared to answer that question, uh, word vomit. A lot of people worry about like their first date out, they're going to like overshare. I was on a date with a, my first date as a single woman, um, when I came back, I went out with this very hot medical malpractice lawyer. So hot. Um, and I just, I just like word vomited that I had just like gone through this do, 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 do. And I was like, oh God, that was just bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think especially something I talk about with people is that first rejection post-divorce. Um, it's not something you really think about because going through a divorce in itself makes you feel very vulnerable um, in like a multitude of ways. And so when you finally do get comfortable with putting yourself back out there and allowing yourself to maybe catch some feelings for, for someone. Um, and then that first rejection um, kind of feels like a punch in the gut Yeah, and ways to dealing with that because the rejection as they say, it's just another form of redirection, but it doesn't mean it doesn't suck when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talk about that all the time, actually, even after any breakup is the first time, even like going online and then you go on a date and it doesn't work out. It, it just hits you in the gut. Yeah. And, yeah. And, absolutely. It bring, and I think it brings up all of those like, fears that you process through in the breakup of like, I, am I ever going to find someone like blah, blah, blah. And then you get out there, you get excited about something and then it doesn't work. And it's just like, oh. like it, it yeah. can be really crushing. Yeah. It makes you, it makes you kind of uh, those insecurities. It's like, is, is this the reason why they didn't like me? Maybe they would like me if I did this more when totally. in actuality, it's something that we just need to like, be like, okay, thank you. Move on. I, I want I love the oversharing piece and I, I want to come back to this of like what maybe at the end we can just do some mm-hmm. speed round questions of like what tips can you give divorced people or really anybody dating of things to do of not to do and, and I kind of want to get back to that but I am curious right. you know do you in your matchmaking services um, do you only like do you only match divorced with divorced? No, I don't. So I'm the only, at least in my 
understanding and I have a large network of matchmakers I work with. I'm the only matchmaker that works exclusively with divorced men and women. Um, I do also take on people that haven't been uh, divorced, but by and large, most of my clients are divorced. Um, And it also kind of depends on people's preferences. Um, I think something that's kind of odd to me is that I've had divorced women come to me and they have the preference of not being matched with a divorced man. And when I said to them, I was like, oh, okay, is there any reason why? Um, and she's like, yeah, if he couldn't make it the fir- work the first time, I don't see how he's going to make it work the second time. <laughs> oh, my time. gosh. And I, was just like, and I was just like, oh, my God, what? Here's a mirror. <laughs> like, I know. You're like pot, kettle, like I know. here. But, yeah, and here's the thing. Like, I work in the service industry. I respect my my clients' wishes. I'm also – not here to tell them they're wrong, but if something's a little bit unrealistic, I'll, I'll at least voice that. Um, but yeah, I think people have kind of the stigma. It's 2021 and there's still a stigma against divorce. And I don't, I guess the only thing I can propose is just us talking about it more openly. And then people realizing that you're not the black sheep because you're divorced. You probably made the right decision. Hmm. Yeah, I think that it's so interesting because I think there's also a stigma on the other side of it of never being married. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and I think especially, I mean, let's just, we'll we'll be honest, it's different for men and women too. So like a 40-year-old woman who hasn't been married as opposed to a man. And a lot of that does come with like biological clocks too because um, a lot of what I do is I work with people from like, in general, from like 30 to mid 50s. And a lot of that time is that crucial family planning time. Um, and so men can put uh, starting a family to, to the side for a reasonably long time. But for women to have biological children, you kind of feel that internal TikTok. Um, so mm. I feel like people try and say women are a bit pushier as they get to the age where they're less likely to have children naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually, it's very interesting because I know, Jared, you feel a little self-conscious about being a 40-year-old man that hasn't yeah. been married. But it's interesting, though, what you're saying, Jade, because I think it's almost refreshing to men when I start talking to them that I'm 34 and I've been divorced. Because okay. otherwise, they're like, well, why is she 34 and single? Is she like, you know, like as a woman, I feel like, you know, 38 year old woman who's never been married. It's like, well, does she have a lot of cats? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of the stigma. Whereas men, yeah, yeah. there's like, you know, I, I do think about that. If I'm like matching with a guy, like I'm talking to someone right now who's 46, never been married. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, why? You know, and I think, I think with both of those, with any, both, either of those, It's just more of like, instead of judging, just be curious about it. Like, just get to know the person better. You know, Mm -hmm. there, there Mm -hmm. can be validity in anything, or maybe this person was a certain way and then they changed within the last year, you know? So I think like, I think just any stigma about being divorced or not being divorced or single or married or whatever, like we just need to like put it into it. Chill out. <laughs> we yeah, need to all exactly. <laughs> I think that's a really great point of, of dating in this day and age. Jared, can I ask what women say or they're like, Oh, why, why haven't you been married? Have they, have they kind of pride? 
It's so interesting. Um, because Why, Jared? Why haven't you been married? <laughs> well, so I've seen a lot of things like on Instagram and stuff lately about like, you know, never ask someone why they're single, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm always like, and when I see those things, I'm like, that question doesn't really bother me. I, I think and it's like, a great question, actually. Why are you I mean, I, I think it's, I think it can feel, <laughs> it can feel like a veiled way of saying what's wrong with you. Oh, right. Oh, like see, that's why yeah. people, and, and, and I try not to ask that question like early on, you know, and I, but, but, you know, I, I'm very curious about people's histories and like, um, you know, and sort of what shaped them and led them to where they are today. So when I, when I get that question or some form of it, I, I will typically say, um, that, you know, part of it is I've made a lot of sacrifices and I've kind of moved and started over a number of times for my career. Mm -hmm. And another part of it is I've had to do a lot of like work on myself and I'm like very healthy and functional in all areas of my life. And the part of my life that has required more time and intentional, mindful work is relationships and intimacy and those kinds of things. And, you know, and I'm, yeah, and, I, and I've been doing that work and I feel like I'm in a really healthy place. Like blah, blah, blah. So that's how I kind of feel that. I mean, I that's know. a great answer, Jared. I don't, I'm sure women eat that up because it's a great answer. Well, it's so funny. Are you going to put Jared in your database? <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <laughs> So, match, 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 match. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's interesting, Jake, because one of the things I was thinking as you were talking about, you know, as we're talking about this stigma and stuff like that, it's like, I don't, if I'm on dating apps, which I'm not right now, um, but I don't feel like I have a preference for like, whether someone's been married or whether they're divorced or whatever. But mm -hmm. there is something that if someone's been divorced, I feel like, I think something that I, I see like a, a real benefit there in some ways, which is that I think so many people, men and women are in these like scripts of like what, of like what a relationship should be. And they're sort of like looking for the thing that like looks good on paper and you know, the cute engagement photos or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of those scripts are about like, what a, uh, the role a man is supposed to play in a relationship versus the role a woman is supposed to play in a relationship. And when I've dated women who have been divorced and had relationships with women who have been divorced, I think, you know, cause I am a sensitive guy. Like I'm a sensitive, like emotionally attuned person and that there's good and bad stuff with that. Right. Like, um, and I think that women who have been divorced, who have been in relationships where, and had this experience of like, boy, these like roles and these scripts are kind of bullshit. Like I'm just looking for someone now who I can be my full self with and who can be themselves with me. And like, you know, just building a nice connection like that mm -hmm. is like, that's what I'm looking for too. And so I feel like that's almost a benefit. Mm. Did that make any sense? No, it absolutely does. And I think that it's one of those things that you don't really know until you actually meet someone in person, if they're actually looking to to meet and enjoy um, an evening with you, as opposed to you filling this this uh, role that they, they want filled. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I, I kind of dealt with a lot of that when I was single and dating, that you could tell when someone was just trying to like jump into something too soon. And it made you feel like, oh, well, they're not actually interested in me. They're just like hyper lonely and want me to come with them on our first date. Some guy asked me to go 
halfway acro- or across the country to a wedding in California. I'm like, we don't know each other. <laughs> you oh know, my gosh, we talk about that all the do time. You? Yes. Yeah. Because it's like, it's, well, first of all, it has to do with attachment style a little bit, like yeah. anxious avoidant. Right. And we talk about mm-hmm. that a lot in our podcast, but it's, it's boundaries, it's codependency, it's all of our stuff. And it's people chasing the, they're chasing, the, we call it like a love bomb. The, like they're putting like a love bomb on you because they want so badly, they want to experience this exhilarating experience of like, oh, I met this person and I'm going to take her, you know, halfway across the world. I want to see her every day. And this is going to be us. And this is our romantic moment. And then like three weeks, it's like, you know, yeah, it's you like, can't sustain that. We're not no. in a Disney movie. It just doesn't, that's not a real thing. And then if you're jumping into something so hyper quickly, like there's no way that that's, I don't mean to say it's not real, but the likelihood of that having a a long shelf life is is pretty short. <laughs> Completely, yeah. yeah. I yeah. I like. Wh- how do you? Okay, so hold on. Let's back up a little bit. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. So we have had t- uh, matchmakers on before. It was like months ago, um, okay. and then I am actually in a database of a matchmaking company in LA. And I've been on a date with a guy from it, which is a very interesting experience. Um, I'm just curious, like, how do you, how, like, how do you find the people in your database? How do you Mm -hmm. go about matching them? Like, what's the process of taking a client on? What does that look like? Just, just give us like the inside. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a little bit different because I do work mostly with divorces. Um, So I offer coaching, dating profile assistance, and then traditional matchmaking. Um, So I work with clients throughout the States, Canada, and also the UK. So I find clients mostly through word of mouth and social media. um, And through my website, I try and give... Matchmaking has been around for as long as people have been having like institutionalized marriage or relationships. People have been matched. Um, but I try and do it in more of like a new age scope. And so I start off with having them fill out my free matchmaking profile and it's basic information, what they're looking for and a few photos. Um, I have a 30 minute phone call with every person, whether they're a free member or a client. And that way I can chat with them on video. They are who they say they are. I can find out what they're looking for. And usually they come into uh, different categories Um, If they're looking for something casual, I run their dating profile for them. Or if they're looking for something like a long-term relationship or something like marriage, then I match them. So I don't ever want to be introducing someone who just wants a hookup to my clients that are looking for a marriage. Mm. Um, So those are very different categories. Um, But yeah, it's, it sounds a little weird. Most people are like, what's a matchmaker? What do you even do? Um, but I think that you might have some insight having gone on a, a date. Did you enjoy the date? So, <laughs> so it's a very interesting oh, no. experience. So um, okay. it was kind of like a little bit of a love bomb experience. I am still talking with him. And so I want to be respectful. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, what I found is that the people that, pay for the service have or have the money to pay for it right and um like especially a service like this in la I would in imagine. la it's like yeah even more i, I, I kind of yeah. asked him i'm like how much 
you know, I, oh, I was just curious, how much did you pay for it? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, it was a lot. It was a lot. Okay. So, and, and obviously, and I, my uh, friend, my best friend, Michelle, she was kind of discovered by these people. They were like, Hey, I want to put you in our database. Do you have any friends? And so then I got put in the database. So I'm like a free member or whatever. And then they asked yeah. me, well, how high of an age do you want to go? What are you looking for a generous man? So I don't know <laughs> if like this fits with like your matchmaking at all, but I think this is, this matchmaking company is kind of like guys who have money looking for a girl who wants a guy that has money. Yeah. I mean, that's a, so I don't, I think I'm, we're not going to talk names, but I think I have an idea of who you're referring to. Um, and that's great for, for larger companies who do that. I try and actually, I take male and female clients. Um, because I, as we talked about, I work with divorcees. Um, but my prices are much more affordable on in the scheme of things. Matchmaking is quite expensive as compared to uh, dating apps. But the way that I kind of compare it is working out. Um, everyone can work out. Everyone can get in shape. It just kind of depends if you're able to like put in the work and make the meal plans and show up to your workout and all that jazz. Or you can get a personal trainer who can do everything for you hold you accountable, get your butt in shape. And that's pretty much what I do as a dating coach and a matchmaker. Mm-hmm. So everyone can do it. It just is a little bit quicker and more efficient with a matchmaker. And I, I guess to clarify for people that don't know the difference between the clients that pay you and then the database is, and tell me if this is wrong, but database are kind of like you're networking, you're trying to find people to put in your database or people come to you that aren't paying for the service, but you know, you need to have them because you need to have people to match make for the paying clients. Yeah, 100%. So as I said before, I work with a large network of matchmakers across the, across the world actually. Um, But yeah, so I have free members and paying clients and free members are there to introduce to my paying clients. I can't introduce a free member to a free member because you got to pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> um, that makes sense. I, I, I love introducing people. I want you to find love, but I also have to pay for things. Of course. Um, yeah. But yeah. So that's, that's a great way. And I think it's just people, I think there might be, I don't want to say a stigma, but there might be a preconceived notion about people that use matchmakers. And I do want to kind of lay down my opinion on it is because a lot of people, as Jared was saying, like, focus on their work or focus on other things. And then they're like, Oh wait, I want to have a relationship. I want to like feel, feel fulfilled in this way. And actually outsourcing that kind of makes more sense than kind of just, just waiting to meet someone in a coffee shop because the pandemic real life doesn't always happen that way. And I think a lot of people, even millennials are, are feeling, feeling over the dating app game like the swipe apps because yes. of the the superficiality of it um so also i think a lot of women feel overwhelmed from dating apps because they're inundated with messages and like all of this stuff and instead of responding they're like i'm just gonna delete it for now and come back to it yeah mm-hmm. so what are i'm curious what are things that you look for to match people yeah that's great um so i ask people in their profile, their free matchmaking profile, like I said, the basic information, 
what they're looking for, what their deal breakers are. Um, and especially over the last year, a lot of people wouldn't date from different political uh, sides of the aisle oh, or, 100%. They're looking for, <laughs> or they're looking for someone who is also of this religious fil- affiliation because they want to raise their kids this way. Um, a lot of it is if they want to have kids, if they don't want to have kids, basically what I try and do is take my client's preferences and then find people within it, but a little bit outliers. Um, because even when Match.com, before they got started, bless you, their their mother company um, realized that if you're actually giving your clients exactly what they asked for, they're not actually interested in those people. Um, so mm. I like to, to bring people that kind of are obvious to my clients, but also outliers. Um, because one of the pieces of advice I give is to date someone that is the complete opposite of your ex. And I think that's really important to do because your tastes have changed just because you think you like this one thing doesn't mean it's the only thing and meeting different people from different backgrounds or different uh, anything like that, whether it's cultural, religious, uh, anything um, kind of changes it up for you. You're not always dating the same person. Um, So to answer your question, normal questions about if this person would like tick the boxes, but usually subjects that you wouldn't get to until like the fourth date is when we're usually introducing them. Mm, Got it. That's so cool. Well, I love the idea of like sort of giving people something that's a little bit different, like a little bit outside, like what they've defined because, Mm -hmm. and you and I talked about this, Leanna, like recently is like sometimes on the apps, it does feel to me like I'm picking like the same woman over and yes, over and I'm like, guy. and the same outcome is happening <laughs> yes. over and over. So, but it's hard, you know, cause I'm like, there's certain things that I'm going to be drawn to in pictures and, and I'm going to click on them. I'm going to swipe on those people. And there's certain things I'm going to be drawn to in answers or in their like little demographic, like stuff like that. I'm going to, and if I'm going to, they can spell your, or your, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's asking for that much, but 100%. <laughs> It's hard. It is really hard because, you know, I, I even there's this guy that I, I was thinking about. So I, I'm actually talking to a few people right now, which is very unlike me. But, um, you know, there's someone I met recently who's like, I, I think I even said this on like last week's episode, but like he's an inch shorter. And I was like, I would never date a guy that's like shorter than me. But he's an inch How shorter. How tall are you? I'm 5'8". Okay. And, but I kind of like him. I kind of like that it's like different. It's unique. I haven't experienced that before. And then there's this guy on Hinge that just messaged me. He is exactly what I keep dating. He's like, he's in IT. He's tall. He's a rock climber. He's athletic. And all the, he's probably like an INTJ on the, yeah. the Myers Briggs. It's like, that's, I keep dating the same freaking person. And, I don't want to just get stuck in that, in that bubble. I think that's so important. So how do you convince your clients to actually meet and date someone that they don't really think that they want to meet or date? Yeah. So that's a great question. So I'm not obviously going completely against uh, like what they're looking for. It's just kind of a little on the outlier. So, So say for it, instance, if I'm running someone's dating profile, what I always suggest is bumping the age down a year or two and up a year or two. Um, Also, a lot of people say they only want to date within like 15 miles. Obviously, you guys are in California is a little bit 
farther for things. But Mm -hmm. I think that actually broadening your preferences make it a little bit easier to meet people and probably not the same people. Um, So for a client, I'll use one for example, he's in Miami and he's Jewish and will not date any more Jewish women. He's only looking for Hispanic women. <laughs> He's like, well, don't date any more Jewish women. <laughs> and I was like, okay, your mom's not going to like me, but okay, I'll do it. <laughs> um, but I will, I, I do send him um, profiles of Jewish women as well, because there are so great Jewish women that I know he'd be interested in, um, even though he's saying only Hispanic women. Yeah. Um, so I just try and, give that friendly nudge, be like, okay, just give this person a shot. If you don't like them, it's fine. And actually one thing I think is really important that not enough people talk about is giving people a second chance. Um, Mm. Obviously this isn't, if you get like super weird, creepy vibes on the first date, trust your gut. I just wrote, I just wrote a blog article saying date, uh, date goal. Number one, don't end up on unsolved mysteries. I saw that. Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. Yes. Um, so obviously listen to your gut, trust your gut. But what I think we need to do as a society that's dating is that when you meet someone for the first time, you're probably not actually getting the full them because we're all nervous we all kind of turn it into an interview and we're not always putting forth our best foot. So I think that if you can give someone a shot to go out for another coffee or a drink, then you might actually open up that option of, of meeting someone who, who you would actually connect with as opposed to going on like 20 first dates, try a second date or two and then see how you feel. I think it's a big game changer. That is such an amazing tip. And it, it's so like tangible and yeah. like easy to do. Like you don't yeah. have to commit to a whole day. Just be like, hey, I'd really, but yeah, let's get another coffee for an yeah. hour, like and two hours. What's, what's funny about that is um, I actually just got engaged this week. Um, but my, I'm very happy. Um, but my fiance and I had a terrible first date. It was so bad. Really? It was so bad. He actually tried to to sell his food to the person to the people next to us as a joke. He's funny. <laughs> <laughs> <It's so> funny. <laughs> but but we both have very like sarcastic, bantery personalities. And so for I think our first date was actually like five hours. Um but we were just kind of like smart asses to each other for like five hours. And then I was like, I got home and I was like, mm. Do I like him? <laughs> and then I found myself texting him the next day. And yeah, from there, it's all history. That's but. so amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so don't always write him off. What were yeah. you saying, Jerry? <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, I, I think that's really good practical advice, you know, because again, like I think it also interrupts that cycle of like, I'm looking for this like, one feeling that I've always had. Right. And then like, you're likely to have the same outcome with that. Right. But so another question I have, especially around your work with, you know, specifically clients who have been divorced. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about like your coaching role, because you're also like, even with matchmaking clients, like helping them like put their best foot forward and, and, um, you know, up their sort of dating game and stuff like that. And, so anything you want to share about your coaching role generally? And I'm also curious if you come across clients that 
you feel like like are not ready because I think divorce can be so mm. traumatic and painful. And like, how do you sort of say to someone like, I think you need to heal for a little while, or you know? Yeah, that's that's amazing two part question. So, um, so my coaching program I've had for a little bit over a year, and I actually turned that into a forty three page uh, interactive free reflection journal. So if your listeners want to go to my website, it's datingafterdivorce.com and it addresses everything from who you are, what you want and how to get you there. Um, mm. And it talks about subjects like boundaries, which you need to, to focus on before getting into your next relationship. It talks about taking accountability and this is, it's for divorcees and people who have gone through a big breakup. Um, it also talks about um, like a letter to your ex and things that you liked from your old relationship and that you won't deal with in a future relationship. Um, and so my coaching kind of goes hand in hand with matchmaking. I think that's a little bit different than what other matchmakers do. Um, because as we said before, healing isn't linear. Um, just because someone thinks that they're ready to, to date doesn't mean they're always necessarily ready. Um, I have a great network of therapists and other uh, professionals that I work with that I recommend out because I'm not a mental health specialist. Um, but there are probably like at least one referral a week I have to turn away and say, just in that initial uh, consultation that I have with people that you can tell from someone's uh, the way they're speaking to you that they are not ready. If they're bringing up their ex a lot, if they're still really hurt, um, a lot of people try and come be uh, a part of my program and they're not fully divorced yet. And I say, thank you, but I need that divorce degree. <laughs> I need to, mm, to know yeah. that everything's yeah. been done. Yeah. And honestly, it's, it's a lot of men that are having, um, having a harder time. And I think it's because there's a lot of support in general, for females, um, or at least it's more socially acceptable for females to reach out after a divorce. Absolutely. And I think the more that we can talk about men's mental health, the better that we can have a more inclusive society. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm really passionate about is having men speak about their feelings and, and feel those feelings because divorce sucks for everybody. Mm. Um, I love that. Yeah, I, I think that's so true. I think it's also true that men are probably more likely to really stop feeding their other social connections when they're in a committed, very serious relationship. And so then when the relationship fails, you've let go a lot of your, you know, you, you haven't invested in friendships with other men or, or you know, and, and so then who do you turn to, right? Right. Yeah. And then even if you do have friends that are, if you're a male and have friends that are male, it's probably less likely that they're going to be able to be leaned on as much as say female friends could for with other female friends. Because as a society, we don't really allow our men to feel their feelings. Um, we tell the boys to man up. We tell them to stop crying. Um, so yeah, the more we can talk about it, I think the better. I love that. Well, I know that you have something you have to get to. So I'm wondering if we can kind of just wrap this up with like, if you could just give us some speed round tips for our, our listeners, whether they're divorced or dating of like, what can they do to ensure or not ensure, but like to start to head towards the right 
dating experiences? Yeah, that's so I'll start off my my first goal is look at your next date as an opportunity to meet someone new and have fun. Do not look at them as having to be your end all be all. They probably won't be your prince charming or your princess and they don't have to be. But you can also enjoy meeting this person and take away something nice. This could be someone that you could network with or friend. Um, but treating them as like, oh, you're not ticking all my boxes. I'm going to not give you the time of day is kind of we're not we're not shopping on Grubhub. You know, we're not like we're not like building a person just because they're not exactly what they, we want them to be doesn't mean that they couldn't offer other stuff. I love mm. that. That's a great mm-hmm. one. Any more? Um, <laughs> yeah. You're so I mean, mischievous. I have, I have, I have a million. Um, no, I, meant, I, I made up a new word. Mischievous. <laughs> um, I, I spoke with this woman and she had such a great... So I'll be honest, when I went through a divorce and then I came back and I was in the dating scene, I was bitter. I was mm. so... I had a chip on my shoulder. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I'll be honest, against men. And I was a real smart ass. And I, I think I was just mad that my relationships hadn't worked out the way that I wanted them to. Um, so I think that the more that we can address being a better partner, like we're, we're always looking for a good partner to, to find the best partner. But if we're not being the best partner ourselves, we can't ask someone else to fill that role. Um, so actually putting in the work to take a step back and self-evaluate and and become whole in your own way before going out and trauma bonding with someone else is something that we all can work on. Um, so that. yeah, don't be bitter. <laughs> don't be bitter. Yeah, no, it's, I, I mean, I know I've been there, you know, of kind of that phase of, I just hate men. I hate men. I can't blah, blah, blah. You know, like I went around that and you know guess what then i'm going to draw men to me that i'm not going to like right so i think yeah. that's so important yeah absolutely and i probably have a million more but i can't think of any right now we threw that question at you um well jade thank you so much for coming on our show um this was such a, a treat and i really appreciate what you're doing out there for um, people that go through a really hard thing and like, there is hope for, you know, like no one should ever feel hopeless that they can't find the right person. Doesn't matter how old you are. Well, maybe, you know, above 18, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> doesn't matter your, <laughs> your marital status, uh, your job, what you look like. And it's just, you know, there's hope there's everybody can find someone. Absolutely. And I think, divorcees especially they know what it takes to have a successful relationship and what it doesn't take and they have so much love to give so thank you so much for having of course well plug yourself really quick so our listeners can find you on all platforms absolutely so visit my website datingafterdivorce.com to download your free reflection journal it's a 43 page uh reflection journal for divorcees and people that have gone through a big breakup Find me on Instagram at Dating After D-I-V and Facebook the same way. You can join our free uh, Dating After Divorce Facebook group. Um, but yeah, come. I love it. And you offer, my service, free you, offer, 
you, uh, sorry, you offer, um, like very accessible services too, of just helping with dating profiles. That's like financially accessible. And so you do so many things, which is so amazing. Yeah. So the dating profile management is for people who want to make dating fun again, but they don't want to play date secretary. So I basically just swipe a message for them and say, here are your dates for the week. <laughs> wow. I don't know how wow. you I don't know how you do that, but you're like superwoman. I'm I'm oddly good at it. I did, I don't know why I'm so good at it. <laughs> That's yeah, so amazing. I, I do it for men and women. So thank wow. you again so much, guys. It was a pleasure. Of course. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Jade, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time and yes. your wisdom. And guys, make sure to go follow her on Instagram and we'll put all of her, um, how you can get in contact with her in the information for the episode too. Yo, I'm like thinking about hitting Jade up and being part of her database. You should do yeah, it. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. yeah why, not? why not? Yeah, do it. Sure. Maybe I should be part of her dating database. Dating base? I like that. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, we love you. Yes. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at underscore Leanna Joan, at the real Jared Rodriguez, at hello and goodbye podcast. All of our stuff is on our website site, www.hellogoodbyepodcast.com, including our Patreon, YouTube channel, sponsors, and we'll see you guys next week. Yes, and be awesome to each other and have magical adventures. Oh, I love that. Aww, okay, bye. Bye.